Hello, St. Matthews United Methodist Church and the rest of our community that is joining us online. I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And welcome to this week's podcast, the final episode of our Wrestling with Doubt series. Uh, So no more doubt allowed ever. Uh, Just kidding. It's a joke. Laugh. Uh, (laughs) Dave uh, preached a sermon entitled, Is God Real? Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, I mean, I've, like I've been telling you, I've really enjoyed the sermon series from you. Um, and I think there's some really good, wholesome things you said, uh, Sunday, um, that are worth kind of unpacking today. But so when you ask the question, like, is God real? Like for you, as you, you were preaching this message Sunday and you were prepping for it, right? Like what, like what answer were you trying to give to that question? Mm -hmm. Like what contextually Mm -hmm. were you trying to accomplish? Okay. Well, first, why don't we, why don't we invite Christ into the room with us here? <laughs> it's my gimmick. Had, 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 That's had my bit. Had That's to one my up me, bit. Didn't you? Didn't no, you? <laughs> they can't even see my light bulb. Tear. Oh, uh, so what was I trying to to answer um, on Sunday? Well, I, I I start with the the knowledge um, that the question is. You okay? No, it's moving. It's <laughs> bothering me. Yeah, you start with the knowledge of the question, right? Which is well, that that this is a, a not a this is a subjective question. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not going to be a logical kind of proof that God exists, and on the other side, there's not a logical proof that God doesn't exist. Um, so we're we have to remember that we're talking about spiritual issues. Mm-hmm. We're talking about subjective. Um, kind of non-provable things. Um, and so that was that's the basis for then the, the sermon to, to be laid out. Right. Um, uh, really what I'm trying to to do in this in the sermon from Sunday is give the hearers uh, kind of enough talking points or not talking points, but enough information that when they when the hearers when that when my congregation members get uh, asked this question, uh, they'll have something to answer with, or they'll have a path to to kind of go through and 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 talk with the whoever's talking to them about, um, um, you know, if God is real or does God exist or however that gets phrased. Right. Um, and I feel that's important. I mean, because if somebody's asking the question, "Is God real?" and they come to a pastor, they kind of already know what answer they're going to get. <laughs> and so I don't I don't think that pastors get kind of asked that question so much because. It's assumed that you know we're going to say yes, God is. We're real. biased and a little bit. Yes, we just are. Just a little we bit. We are. Uh, but I think it's much more effective as far as um, you know spreading the good news. If, is if uh, you know somebody has that question, they ask a neighbor, they ask a friend, they ask a coworker, mm-hmm. and that person is able to kind of give them an answer to that. Right. And this question is really intimidating. Is God real? Um, is really an intimidating question to ask. But if you just send, uh, you get asked that question, you send them to a pastor or to somebody else to answer for you, you know, you're the one who has that relationship with somebody. Right. And so that's going to be the most effective if you can have the information at your fingertips or knowledge base or what have you to be able to answer that uh, in a way that's true for you. Right. Yeah, I love that. I I think, um, you know, if I'm hearing correctly, right, like the 
you know, for me, it's it's funny on this side of it now. Like, I don't really think the question for me isn't super intimidating or bad or like difficult, mainly because um, I approach it from the perspective of like, there's not this is not a it's not a math problem. So like there isn't like somebody asks me a question and there's like an answer that is sufficient in our cultural context. Right. And I think what's so critical, right, for for you who are watching and, and listening um What's so critical about this question is we also have to remember, I think, that we we this question is typically asked from the context and in, in the cultural context in which we live. And so, um, you know, we live in a Western world that very much believes that everything can be proven and quantifiable and like without a shadow of doubt, like can can all these things. And what's fascinating to me about this is like that's not any of the answers that that God is providing in these types of things. Right. Like it's right. not. You're not sitting and going, oh, you know what? I would love to, uh, you know, if you just step back here and I take you to the whiteboard and I put a bunch of numbers here, then like I can just prove that God exists in this manner. And so, um, you know, as you're as you're listening and watching, it's critically important that you understand that like this is Dave's angle, right? Like is not to give you some undeniable proof of like here's how you get somebody to convert and make a decision or like whatever. It's, it's being able to answer that question in such a way where uh, you're giving validity um, to your own experience um, and you're speaking truth and love into that kind of context. You're not trying to sell somebody something. You're not trying to convince them something. You're not giving them undeniable proof that God is real because, um, you know, that's just not like our culture and, and our, like our context wants the answer to be that it's just not how that question gets answered ever. Well, ultimately for each of us, remember the Holy spirit is at work with within right. us. And it's that spirit that probably even prompts us to ask the question. Right. Um, if, if there's real curiosity behind it, if it's mm -hmm. somebody just wanting to slam the faith or troll, troll, don't feed the internet go. troll, don't feed the trolls. <laughs> um, but I think I think the spirit does work within us and draws us close. And sometimes it's by beginning with, is God real? Mm -hmm. um, and so you know that's kind of a that's kind of a holy moment that that you can have with somebody. Yeah, if they come to you with that question. So mm -hmm. it's 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 a wonderful question. I think I, I you know just because personal note right like um, I see this a lot with kids right doing like children's ministry and youth ministry for so long is kids kind of go through this natural progression mm -hmm. where at the beginning they're like, well, of course God's real because duh. And you're like, okay. And then they become teenagers and then they're like really skeptical. <laughs> and they, and it, right. It's not the blind faith and that there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm getting at is you start to have different questions mm -hmm. as your life experience and everything else. And so then you're like, well, what do you mean? The answers are not don't check boxes that my cultural context wants them to check. And so as the spirit is prompting and, and you get answers that are sufficient for that question at your own individual level or the person you're interacting with, right? Like um, God answers those in ways that are not the cultural norm. So uh, Dave, you did this fantastic job uh, there on Sunday of, the slide you wrote down was called talking points. And I loved how you broke this down because I think if you're a person who like is having these conversations with people, you're interacting with people, right? Like, you know, thankfully we're out of the holidays. So it's like, don't go to Thanksgiving dinner and like try to 
start this or like Christmas, you're like, oh man, my aunt doesn't believe this. So I got to make her believe it. Don't do that. Uh, but, but, uh, but the way that you kind of broke down kind of how, uh, often these conversations are structured, whether it's personable or you see it played out in our, our current kind of social media, cultural spaces. Um, this breakdown you have was great. So, uh, so the first one you brought up was right was the the backdrop you used uh, was political discussion. So why don't you flesh that out for a little bit? Yeah. So you know, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Smile in, gone in, in, <laughs> in, in two minutes or less. Yeah. Write that down for and us. go. <laughs> the um, so it's just it's an observation that I've seen um, over the last several decades that whenever there's a really kind of tense political discussion that's happening mm -hmm. within our, with, within our culture, uh, you know, both sides kind of choose up sides and then they both develop talking points and those talking points aren't necessarily to kind of find a solution to the problem. Uh, you know, they're not designed to do that. They're not designed to really be right. beneficial for the discussion. They're designed to either steer the conversation to a way that, you know, my side can win or right. my side can look better or it's to demean, you know, steer it in such a way to demean the other side. And how, how could they, you know, it's horrible to think all of that, but you know, <laughs> talking points, that's what they're designed to do. Mm -hmm. And by being part of this culture and being part of those kind of discussions and seeing those talking points, maybe even using those talking points, we learn how to, how to disagree in that manner. Mm -hmm. You know, disagreement, uh, within our culture isn't about trying to find, you know, middle ground or trying to understand the other side or any of that. It's just about hammering the other side with these talking points that have whatever design they have behind them. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of infiltrated, uh, you know, the life of faith and that even when we are dealing with faith issues and trying to uh, talk about faith issues, we fall into this idea of talking points. And sometimes, you know, they're beneficial, but sometimes they have the same uh, design that those political talking points have is really to not answer the question, but to steer it in such a way that is beneficial somehow for us. Right. And not necessarily for clarity or for faith. Right. So if you're having this type of conversation with someone or even yourself or you're thinking through it, right? Like if, if the framework or the engineering of the conversation, the structure of it already from the get go is, you know, winners and losers and how do I bludgeon you with information so I win and you lose or how do I convince you in such a way where all these things that you referenced before like have been, you know, taught via the Holy Spirit in a very personal way. Uh, how do I get you to agree with something that is not your lived experience? Uh, I win. That's probably not going to go well <laughs> for anybody involved. Um, uh because your goal is to win a conversation um, and get somebody to like think like you think. I think to reference what you said before, it, it totally removes or does not give precedence to the work of the Holy Spirit in a human being as God is trying to teach them. And we're trying to encourage and help that manifest and grow, not choke it, struggle <laughs> it and win. Uh, so, so then you kind of like alluded from, you, you built the framework of like, this is somehow, or some of the ways that our culture kind of like frames conversations, mm -hmm. uh, especially when people disagree or they have contradictory information. And then you kind of broke down discussions about God's existence. So you did empirical, 
empirical evidence, Bible quotes, and creation. So mm-hmm. why don't you kind of just mm-hmm. break those down real quick? Yeah, so those are kind of the ways that we tend to talk about, you know, this particular faith issue, mm-hmm. the existence of God. Um, you know, there are some some Christians out there who will find something and will claim, well, this is definitive proof <laughs> of God's existence. And I've, I've never heard one of those arguments that I would say, yes, that's definitive proof. And that's kind of the 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 goal of having definitive proof or empirical data that it's undeniable but i've been able to deny an awful lot of those things coming from a logical scientific mm-hmm. kind of kind of point of view physical kind of world point of view right um i don't think it exists uh, i just don't i don't think that kind of evidence exists like i said earlier for either the existence of god or the non-existence of god right um i just don't think so those that talking point or that way of dealing with the existence of uh, the question the, if God exists just fails um, for any for anybody who's kind of coming at this um, you know with good intentions trying to really struggle with this um, it just fails I've, I've never seen it my my favorite I say this with tongue-in-cheek place where I see this kind of get played out is people will say some they'll make a claim about the Bible and they go see there's this other thing, and I'm like, this this web page is going to give my computer a virus. <laughs> like, like it's it's none of this is back. There's nobody's peer reviewed this. Like, there's no like just, like substance to this claim. It's some random picture that was disproven at two decades ago that yeah. somebody is recycling, and it, it 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 literally just holds jack. It doesn't hold any kind of water, and so it it uh, and like you're saying too, I think. With that type of perspective, you know, you're trying to make and manipulate data or concepts, do things that they're not, they're literally just not going to do. Mm -hmm. So there isn't any substantial way to go. Here is how we can prove that God literally exists. We also, like you said, cannot, there's no empirical evidence that says uh, God is not a possibility. Mm -hmm. Right? So anybody who's coming loaded to that conversation with that is just going to have a bad time. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, you know, another way that people often kind of address this issue of the existence of God is they they point to something in Scripture. Um, And so this is weird to me. (laughs) This is a weird technique that is used This, by the way, was one of my favorite parts of the sermon, is this quote. Buckle up. Um, well, I don't, I don't know what quote you're looking for. <laughs> you're like, you're like, so we're saying this in the context of somebody who's asking the question, is God yeah. real? So then somebody uses a scripture quote. Right. And so it's a person probably without faith at all. And you're putting, <laughs> uh, you're putting a faith, you know, a faith-based book in front of them or, or something that leads to faith, uh, and uh, expect them to see it as auth- authoritative like we do. Uh, those who are within the faith, uh, and expecting it to be author- authoritative, you know, for somebody, for them, and it's just a non-starter. Um, so you have to meet people where they are mm-hmm. whenever you're having these kind of conversations, and that's just totally ignoring the context of the of the discussion that you're having for me, and it kind of kind of makes me cry a little bit, but <laughs> that. Uh, that that there are Christians who are mean well, but just don't have the tools to see mm-hmm. the Bible as as not authoritative for some, 
uh, those who are outside of the faith, and then try to make it authoritative before any kind of discussion can happen. You you skipped a couple steps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like like you said, like if it's not authoritative or a person's curious, um, and to quote an earlier podcast in our series here, right, we talked about the different types of literature in Scripture. So like for me, even like somebody asks a question and I find a verse and I just go, there it is. And it's like, I mean, like that probably is not great. It's not a good strategy. No, it's just, it doesn't. Um, and, and by no means am I trying to dunk on that or is Dave trying, trying to dunk on that. And, and I'll add a little bit to this later on when I think it's appropriate to use Bible verses and like how you can have conversations with people and when you kind of insert Bible verses mm-hmm. or like things that are in that to help like enhance that conversation. Um, but in the context in which Dave is saying, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> and then you said creation. Yeah. So, so this is this is kind of the third way that this question often gets uh, answers the existence of God. And and actually, you know, talking about creations, a, a pretty good a pretty good method or, or technique. Right. Uh, Paul uses it in the letter to the Romans. Mm-hmm. I mean, there in Romans one, there's well, a, does. there's an argument about, uh, you know, if you see creation, you can't deny kind of the existence right. of God. And, uh, and honestly, I'll be talking about that next week. Uh, so I, I didn't want to kind of go down that feather trail. in the cap, pin, pin the board, pin <laughs> it on the board, pin it. Uh, that kind of trail, uh, in, in this, uh, message, it is, it is something Adam spends a lot of time with in the book. Yeah, um, wrestling without. Um, so it is a, a you know, it, it's not his only argument, but it is a significant amount of this chapter is mm-hmm. devoted to that. Um, so, the, so while that's that's often a, a you know kind of a good way to answer this, it's not the way that I'm kind of approaching this this week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not an effective, you know, for it just depends on the context the person's in, yeah, and and the, their background and whatnot. And and I and just to add it. it, it a framework to that too. Like, I mean, everybody has different ways that they process information and things they gravitate towards. Like I'm what you call the perpetual, like gray area guy. So like I live in a world where there's some things I think that are like, you know, unequivocally true, right? Like gravity, I'm not going to fight with somebody on the concept of gravity. Uh, you know, does gravity exist? Yes, it does. I'm not going to fight about that. Like, you know, uh, but almost everything else. Sure. Like let's, Let's do it, you know, uh, mainly, and, and that's because, like, that's how I process information. I'm an emotional person. Like, I, 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 emotions are an important part of my process intellectually as well. Like, I feel things. I have friends who don't feel anything at all, and they just use logic. Logic is their process. And so, you know, this, this part of, like, having a talking point around, like, creation is yeah you could talk about the logical fallacy of like i absolutely cannot prove that god exists i also cannot prove that god uh, doesn't exist and then maybe that would be beneficial for somebody as they're interacting with information because the possibility that god could exist is the thing that's like they're trying to explore fine Mm -hmm. but in the context of our conversation it's not like a slam dunk like ha gotcha like it's not you don't use it that way. It's, it's not a, it's not a good practice. Um, so then we move into kind of this, as we kind of move through that part in the sermon, you, you came to this place where you were starting to uh, equip and empower the congregation to 
Okay, so with all that being said of like, don't do this. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do instead? <laughs> and, and you have these questions you ask that I think are really good. And? Yeah, so I'm coming. So once again, I'm coming from the point of view that this question, does God exist, is not a, a uh, um, yeah, it's a subjective question um, that's being asked mm-hmm. in reality. It comes across as objective, but it's really, you know, much more nuanced than that. Right. And so I ask a question then to get out of that frame set of objectivity mm-hmm. and try to move it into the the realm of kind of felt kind of mm-hmm. uh, existence. And so I simply ask, instead of answering the question, does God exist? I respond with the question, do you want God to exist? Um, and then, you know, how that person, how that kind of question is wrestled with and answered kind of leads you into a deeper discussion of what's really behind this question. Does God exist? Right. Uh, is there, is there, um, you know, misinformation that you're kind of dealing with? Is there uh, broken trust or, or broken ideas of mm-hmm. who God is that you're dealing with? It, you know, is it, is it just that you've been kind of in that, that sphere of, um, of influence that says, you know, God exists and all Christianity and all faith is kind of hokey or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever that right. kind of, whatever that kind of place is. But this question of, do you want God to exist gets kind of takes a step toward the underlying kind of issue, you know, what this person is struggling with mm-hmm. or dealing with. And then what are they really wanting you to answer? Um, are they wanting that objective kind of answer that yes, mm-hmm. no, um, kind of thing? Um, or, or is there something else going on? And that question, do you want God to exist, really, really kind of gets you in there well. Right. No, I, I do that. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and like you said, too, like I, you framed it in the, the beginning part of the podcast, right? You, you said um, you know, the Holy Spirit is at work. Mm-hmm. Right? If it's not a troll um, or it's somebody who's trying to have an argument, we use this term, right, bad faith. So I want to have good faith conversations. And what I mean by that is like if someone is genuinely curious or wants to have a conversation about this concept, right, uh, then there's there's opportunity to have an actual discussion, right? Um, but I think w- what you're doing here, Dave, or, or the framework you're giving us that I think is pretty brilliant is you've you've done two things, right? You've, you've created a, a, a – the person you're talking to knows there's like a genuine curiosity on your part. Mm-hmm you actually want to know what they think you're trying to get to actually know them um, and you're asking a clarifying question because you you want to really help them get the answer they're actually looking for Mm -hmm. and so when you ask a pointed question like so what's your goal here like what are you trying to accomplish you know that gives the holy spirit an opportunity to really like come to the surface and go okay this is what we're working on right (laughs) uh two like you've really validated them and their place and kind of what they're what they're working through and then you get a really good opportunity where you um uh as pastors this is something that i joke about i don't know if this has been dave's experience um but uh sometimes i don't like to tell people i'm a pastor um because people like i get their church story i don't get their faith story so like i get like i promise pastor i'll go back to church and i was like whoa hold on like i didn't you know, and, and they yes, always, uh, just kidding. And they always stop cussing. When I you think, say yeah, that yeah, they just <laughs> stop being like their actual self. They start being like some version of 
what they think they're supposed to now be mm-hmm. in that space. Mm-hmm. And so by by asking the follow-up question of like, hey, like, are, do you want God to be real? Um, and there's a way to ask that, right, that isn't combative and mean and like whatever, um, because you really are genuinely curious about having a good conversation with the person. And when they're asking a question like this, you're treating it with the right amount of appropriateness because you because you genuinely care about like answering it well. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask that, you you create the space, right? Which I think is a I think it's a phenomenal tool, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um so this leads us into kind of the final part of the podcast today, which was um, you know, you kind of brought in some gentle guidelines <laughs> of um when you're gonna have these conversations or you're gonna have these kind of discussions, like um what are some good practices? And and I'll just say the quote, and I want you to expand on it. Is don't get defensive, <laughs> get curious. What do you what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, it's, it's something I've I've seen Christians do, and maybe maybe at one point in my faith uh, walk, I was the same way. Um, somebody's asking this question: Is is God real? Um, you can feel challenged that you know they're kind of. You know, hitting your faith or they're disrespecting, you know, this, this faith that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they get defensive and, and start to kind of create that defensive space, you know, or they get kind of arrogant and, you know, of, of course God exists who, you know, you're, you're dummy for not, <laughs> for not, you know, thinking that, or, you yeah. know, all those kind of things, uh, you know, but if we're really modeling who Christ is, the humility of Christ to pull to bring that into this relationship and the curiosity and meeting this person and and trying to create that connection with them. Right. I mean, it's always through relationship, it's always through these connections that the grace of God gets shown. And so, right. you know, when we begin with hostility or arrogance uh, or defensiveness, we're sh- we're we're shutting that down. Uh, we're putting mm-hmm. up a wall in that in that relationship whereas if we address this with humility and curiosity. We're opening that up and giving it a chance to breathe and to grow. Right. And we're giving, like you, like you mentioned, um, giving the space for the Holy spirit to really kind of come in and work, um, which, which is the goal. Right. I mean, the goal is not for me to win. Um, you know, I don't, I can't bring somebody to faith. I can't, uh, you know, save somebody, you know, that's the work of God that's working within us and within these relationships that we have. And so I have to do everything I can to, to foster um, that space and foster into the relationship and, and uh, you know, make it a relationship that people uh, benefit from and enjoy having um, and find peace in mm-hmm. um, the peace that comes from God. Right. No, I think I love that. I, I think, you know, the, the only thing I would add here is, um, you know, I think when we have a conversation, right, like sometimes, at least in the context in which I grew up in and, and uh, before I became a Methodist and I realized like all this pressure I had was like completely inappropriate and not what God wanted for me because we have a very grace-filled kind of theology here and we, we talk about like loving people well and 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 creating these types of spaces and, and you know, taking care of ourselves and also helping other people. And so kind of like what I had heard for the longest time and what was what was kind of drilled into me was you know uh, when I was having a conversation with an individual like I like literally wasn't supposed to exist in that 
and it was all about like making somebody else do something and or like trying to have counter arguments or counter scriptures or counter points. all the talking points. It was having all this other stuff as opposed to then also understanding that like when you open yourself up to something that is very real to you, that you are like, that's your lived experience and somebody dumps on it. That doesn't feel good. And so how do you like navigate that then? And so what I see sometimes is the other part of it is where we get defensive, not necessarily because somebody's trying to defend God's existence or prove them, or they feel like they have some weird responsibility to make somebody like do stuff. But it's also like whenever we put ourselves out there or something that we think is real, regardless of it's a spiritual concept or something else, and somebody dumps all over it, that doesn't feel good. That's not nice. Like, I don't, you know, so like then, then, you know, people get, sometimes we get stuck in this like thing of like, now I got to defend my point. So I don't feel like I'm stupid or like, Hey, I opened myself up to share something with you. And like, that's not nice. Like, um, or it doesn't make sense to the other person in the way that it makes sense to you. So then you start to go, well, did I explain it right? Did I do the right thing? Like, and there's all this other stuff that comes into it as opposed to what Dave, I think, is kind of brilliantly modeled here, which is um, the spirit is at work on that person in an individual way. And you're just helping them understand that and like letting God kind of fill in the blanks there. Mm -hmm. And so my testimony or my experience or the things that are real and true for me are meant to help be a, a helpful to help that person and like work through their own questions and get their own answers to those questions. Mm -hmm. um, when we kind of lean into this, which is our context, our culture, which is there's an answer for everything and everything can be explained. Um, uh, it's like the thing you said before about like the authoritative thing that I may have submitted to mm -hmm. um, is uh, we, none of us want to be rejected I just want to be like told that like our opinion or our perspective isn't real or isn't valid. And isn't it funny how sometimes when we have these conversations, we get fooled into and tricked into thinking that by defending ourselves or defending God or whatever, trying to prove it, that we have done the exact thing that we were trying not to do, mm -hmm. that we don't want to have happen to mm -hmm. us. And so um, it's, I think it's critically important that we understand that when we go into these conversations or we start to get defensive, Sometimes that defensiveness is warranted because somebody might just be being mean. <laughs> um, but, you know, if they ask questions that you don't have answers for, that's not because you're dumb or you're stupid or you should know better. That's, that's okay. Uh, and the fact that a lot of your answers are probably lived through a spiritual lens that don't have like some quantitative data that you could just point at and go, see, it's on the spreadsheet and prove it. That's not the that's not what this is. So you if you go into it thinking that you can go from A to B to C to D, um, you're always gonna be uncomfortable. It's just gonna be a really difficult, awkward thing. Mm -hmm. And then last point I want to make on that is if you go into these interactions and these conversations feeling like you have a responsibility to manipulate an outcome, which is some of the Christianity we have in America, is you know, the condition of someone else is like your literal responsibility. And so you have to do it. You're going to have a very hard time. Mm 
uh, that is not your bag to hold. Like trying to release you from all that. Like it's, that just makes these, these conversations are go really like, it's really difficult. Um, you don't walk into that going, I got to save this person's soul. Uh, you might, maybe you're laughing, maybe you're laughing, but there's people who teach this stuff. Um, it's pretty mainstream mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. Um, so of course you're going to get defensive or, or difficult. So instead Dave's point, uh, get curious, man. That, wow. That's interesting. Like, tell me more about that. What, what, how does, what does that mean to you? Like, tell me more. Um, and you're not being fake or false. Like you're genuinely curious because their lived experience, of course, is going to be different than yours, um, which I think is awesome. And then this this second point here, um, which is something I'm just tremendous at. If you've watched and listened to our podcast, um, listen. Dave, why don't you quickly expand that point, and I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's a challenge for us um you know that's why we have these talking points so we don't have to listen to somebody else really you know they they immediately just kind of build a wall um and you know it's been it's famously it's been said that we don't we don't um listen to to understand we listen to respond um so while somebody's talking then we're thinking about what we're gonna say instead of really listening to what they're saying um and, and we tend to hear then what we want to hear instead of what they're wanting to convey to us. Um, so this, this issue with listening is really the key uh, to so many misunderstandings within, within our world today. If we can hear where somebody's coming from, honestly coming from, and get beyond those talking points and that, that wall that we've built that keeps us safe, you know, that defensive wall, mm -hmm. um, then, then we can begin to make these connections, which is really... Uh, what we're talking about here. Brilliantly said. <laughs> uh, my final point here uh, on this on this point here, this is just the only thing I would add is um, I think the question you proposed before of like, do you want God to exist, right? Or, or whatever way you would frame that question. Um, you know, I, I, I think what's really important if you're a person who's like navigating these questions, you have these questions, right? Like obviously reach out to us, come connect with us at St. Matthew's digital small group, email us. We'll connect you with a bunch of other people who are also navigating things, right? Um, or if you're a person who's having these conversations with people, right? Like, I think first and foremost, the critically important thing is when you go into the conversation, what's the goal? And so for me, like, I, my experience moved from uh, my validity or my faith or like how good of a Christian I was, was how many people I could get to do the thing that they were supposed to do, or I perceived they were supposed to do to now I go into those conversations or those interactions going, okay, how well am I loving this person? Because for me, the, 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 the doing the gospel and sharing Jesus with a human being used to be an intellectual practice for me. Like, how do I explain this with words? So they listen and and it and now it shifted to I'm gonna ask follow up questions because I want to validate your existence and your experience. Because for me, like representing a loving God who cares about you and is listening to you and wants to have a conversation with you and get to know you better isn't me manipulating you to get some weird end. It's because I value you as a person because God does. And if we if I adopt that perspective or that practice, 
then like loving people like shifts from getting them to do what I want them to do to, oh, you're loved because God loves you and I want to be a good representation of that. Um, so then you could have a conversation without the pressure of having to manipulate the outcome or to get a notch in my belt or like to do all this other stuff. And then it gets engineered towards like, man, God really loves you. How can I behave or, or, or act in this interaction where I'm, va I'm validating that? Oh, we ask questions. We validate answers. We uh, listen. You mean like having conversation? You know, <laughs> like it's it's that simple to me. Mm -hmm. So if we if we do that well, right? Like, um, remember that, like, uh, and you said it before too. Um, we have a lived experience that is what's really important to us or an authority that we maybe submit to, but you didn't start there. I didn't start there. Um, it's been a process and a journey. And like, so uh, we have to abandon that perspective or that, that uh, expectation that the person we're talking to is going to be right where we are right now. Cause that's just not mm -hmm. how any of that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it just occurred to me that, you know, we should probably give the answer, does God exist? I mean, that's the question, that's the title of this. this yeah, closing thought for does, Dave, he's an actual God, pastor. Does doing God exist? Yes. <laughs> oh, and, the way, <laughs> and the way that I know God exists mm. is because I have seen faithful people who are living out their, their life of faith with God following Jesus the best they can. I've seen person after person after person give of themselves just completely sacrificially uh, in order to help other people. Um, and that to me is just so totally against, you know, self-preservation. It's against, uh, uh, you know, you know, the I'm number one kind of mentality of, of our culture. Um, that that I see God in there because it is so countercultural. When I see people so lovingly give of themselves to people that maybe they just have very small kind of connection with or none at all, um, that is is evidence of God at work in our world. Mm. Um, also, you know, in my own kind of life, having been called into ministry was a very kind of real uh, walk with God in doing that and continues to be. And, and the peace that I get in doing that and living the life this way, I mean, as evidence to me is proof to me that God exists and that God is real. Um, and that's all I need. Um, that I'm not trying to say that's somebody else's experience or somebody else's mm -hmm. evidence, but th that is how I have gained assurance or certainty uh, that God exists and that God is real um, because of my own experience in those ways. It's not a kind of kind of mental exercise. It's not a math problem, like you said. Um, but it's because of my experience that I can make the claim that, yes, God is real. Um, whether I can convince somebody else of that, I don't know. Um, but I can I can proclaim my faith. I can proclaim the grace that God has touched me with. Um, and I can share that to the best of my ability with everybody who surrounds me and, and claim that's enough. Yeah. 
it's gospel 101. It's like, come meet this man who's done all these things for mm-hmm. me. And people are like, who? And they're like, and then they meet Jesus and it's like, oh, you know, it's your lived experience. It's, mm-hmm. it's your testimony. It's the, I know God is love because I've experienced that love. And, you know. And God becomes real through that love. 100%. 100%. But it's not a math problem. <laughs> Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. And we'll catch you next week for different series uh, titled to be updated. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>